Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I didn't forget, we're going to receive communion at the end of our message today. And it'll, I believe it'll, it'll help us, it'll encourage us. Now I mentioned that uh, August 16, the word of the Lord came to our pastor about 2021. And the more I go over this, and not that I would ever say it wasn't God. It's just confirming that it was Him. The more I read over it, the more I get it in on the inside of me. God is so good to tell us what's going on. Even when we can't maybe see it all unfolding in front of our eyes, He's, he's telling us and he's, he's encouraging us. And, you know, today I want to attempt to help keep us moving forward uh, to... to that accelerated advancement into what God has said to this body, okay? So that's, that's our goal and our aim today, and we're going to build our faith together today. This is what God said on the 16th of August, and he said it to our pastor. He said, the scriptures say that in the time of the prophet Samuel, when he was a young boy, that in that day there was no vision or open vision. In other words, the Lord says, no one was seeing what I see. You have moved into a season in this nation, and yes, the Lord says, even the world where many are blinded, many are not seeing, but there are those that are seeing what I'm seeing, and if you are correctly viewing and correctly seeing what I'm seeing, then what you see is this, more is coming, right? And if you remember this item that many saw in their youth, it was a wave maker, It was a rectangular item, a container that sat on a fulcrum, and it had liquid and sand and colored water on the inside of it, and it would make a wave. And when it went to one end, all of the material would go to one end. That's where you are. What I'm going to do and pour out on you is full. It's getting to the point that no more can be put in it, and you are entering into a season where that's going to break open. More is coming. More is coming, more abundance, more healings, more victory, more defeat for the enemy. Hallelujah, more is coming. So it's very encouraging, and we see that. But then he's he's warning us, don't be sidetracked. Don't be distracted. Keep your focus on what is coming, because I said in my word that even when the enemy would come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard against him. So it can feel as if the enemy has unleashed everything in his arsenal. And yes, he has to a certain extent, but here here we see us. Yet you stand, and yet you thrive, and yet you succeed, and yet things are better than they've ever been, and yet more finances are flowing into your life, and yet you're healed, and your family's healed, and your bodies are strong, and your ministries are thriving. Why? 
The standard is in place. It cannot break upon you. But what I have is about to break over you. And it will absolutely drench you in my goodness. And at the same time, decimate the plans of the enemy. There will be a moving forward. A moving forward. Not a shifting forward, but a moving forward. And there will be great bounds take place and great leaps because you've prepared yourself for it. And this ministry shall take leaps forward. The television ministry shall expand. The outreach shall expand. And this building and these lands shall expand. Now I'm going to stop there for now and teach just, and it's just, it makes sense to me. It makes spiritual sense to me that great bounds taking place and great leaps and the ministry taking leaps forward and television ministry and outreach and this building and these lands if that's going to expand, don't you think you and I are going to expand right along with it? Right? That, that's the way I see that. And the leadership shall expand. And the leaders will come that have the heart of God. And leaders will come that have the desire of the things of God. And leaders will come that are faithful and true to what God wants to do in the future of this vision. And I will add them to those that are already here. And you'll see great and mighty things. The children's departments will overflow. The youth department will overflow. The elders will overflow. The students will overflow. He said this three times. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The Lord says this because they're coming from the east, the west, the north, and the south. The prisoners are being demanded that they be given up. The chains are breaking. The doors are opening. They're coming in. Glory be to God. And then he said this. What about 2021? Oh, the vision of many in 2020 has been darkened. That would be true. And many have not even been able to see into the realm of next year. But just know this, says the Lord. It's going to start off being a year of light that will dispel darkness. And many will come to the light. And many will come to the truth. And many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, 2021 is setting up to be a magnificent year. A magnificent year. And many are stuck saying, well, we've got to get through this year, Lord. Yeah, and it's going to be more of what you've experienced already. More blessing, more victory, more prosperity. And 2021, a year of light and magnificent victory. That's what he said. So the things that, that really imprint on me right now, don't get distracted, don't get sidetracked. What did he say? What did he say about this ministry? What did he say about you? What did he say about the year coming up? More blessing, more victory, more prosperity. That's what's on his mind. That's what he has in store for us. A year of light and magnificent victory. We're already seeing the light being shed on things. There are things that are being exposed right now that, you know, I believe are shaping not only things in our nation, but in our world that will never be the same. And God is, is, is shedding light on things that, and that's for our benefit. And not only for our benefit, but do you think with the light that's being shown, that's going to cause people from the east, the west, the north, and the south. They're going to see, you know what? 
I've been deceived all along. I need the truth. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Right? That's, that's why it's so important that we be here. You be where he told you to be. The local church. Because they're coming. And they need people in the seats to help. Right? We need to be here because they're coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. He doesn't lie. We, we, we established that in the tithe. Right? And from the covenant, he cannot lie. Light and magnificent victory. And so I want to talk to us today, and this is straight from a series that if you want to order it, we can get it made again. And there might even be one back there. I'm not positive. But it's a very powerful series from 2017. And it's Pastor Steele ministered on Insist on Victory. And you can take that series and apply it to every area of your life. You can apply it to healing. You can apply it to finances. You can apply it to your, to your uh, family relationships. Because it's up to us to insist that we walk in victory. It's a choice. You know, we're seeing, look, and this is all I'll say on this because that's all I feel released to say on this. On Tuesday, if you haven't already, you got a big choice. But part of that choice is insisting on victory. Okay? You, you do what you got to do based on what you see here, and then walk it out. Okay? But here's what God said. He said this to our pastor about this victory aspect. Persistence is required to walk in all that I've planned for you. You must insist that it come to pass. But it's, and then I'll, I'll get into this, but it's easy to insist on something when you know you can't fail. Amen. Okay? And when you know why you have the victory. You've been given the victory because of who you are in Christ. Amen. Okay? He said, you insisted it come to pass knowing that you can't fail. Victory is assured. You must insist that it all come to pass. Insist that what I have promised will be seen. Let it be heard in the realm of the Spirit. They are insisting that these things come to pass. Because I believe that, you know, having a relationship with God and, and knowing the Word, that's important, but there's more to it. You have to have those foundations in place, but there's more to it. I've got to be persistent and insistent in order to walk out everything that's promised to me. Okay? And it's not even so much as, as yes, we need to remind God of his word and we need to reason with him, but i got to be disciplined to walk this thing out and do. Because I'm real good at being a hearer. I don't know about y'all. I, I'm, I'm a hearer. I can hear the word. But then when it comes, okay, now you need to do the word. Oh, that means i got to put forth some effort and i got to take some action, right? right? That's part of insisting on victory. Okay, that phrase insist on means to demand forcefully to have something. It's okay to demand forcefully that these promises come to pass in our life. That's okay. In fact, many of these promises, that's the only way they're going to come to pass in our life. When we put a demand on the word, okay, and that's what's going to keep us propelling forward as we put a demand on the word. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, and it's interesting that these first two scriptures that we're going to go to 
uh, were ones that, that uh, the Lord had us use when we talked about Thanksgiving last time I was with you. And you'll see that, but there's a whole other aspect to it. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I have written in my Bible, I said, but thanks be to God, which always giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word for victory here is Nikos, also known as Nike, right? Maybe you have, well, I don't know. Some of you might have some Nikes on right now. I wish I did because, man, my feet hurt. <laughs> that's all right. It means triumph or victory. It means conquest, the means of success or victory. It's God's desire that I walk in victory. It's God's desire that you walk in triumph. That's his desire. He wa- See, he's never built it to where he wants you to go up the rough side of the mountain. He's never made it out to where uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on them and they're going to learn and they're going to struggle. No, no, no. What does this verse say? Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory, right? God has given, granted, bestowed upon you and me this victory. Now the way that we obtained this victory was through Christ. Do you see that? Your position in Christ. This is the channel. Christ is the channel that the victory was obtained. So it's all about him and his victory that he bought and paid for for us. That's our position. That's why it's so important to know and have that foundation of who you are in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ, then victory can't be taken away from you. Amen? Amen? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 14, it says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. That word always, at all times, evermore, at all times, at all times, he has caused us to triumph. All times. So there's never a time when you aren't the victor. No matter how you feel, no matter what the report might say, no matter what that person might be telling you, you are the victor. And that's why, and this is just, we'll, we'll touch on it briefly, that's why having a victim mentality is so dangerous. It can be deadly. It's it's from the devil. <laughs> it really is. Because you get over there, and, and it's, it's elementary to put it this way, but it's the best way I know how. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me, right? And I'm feeling so, and it's this pity, and I'm going to throw myself a pity party, and the enemy has, has you right where he wants you. If he can get you focused on you and about how nobody has anything good to say about you, and, you know, if they would recognize your gift... You see, he wants to play with your head. You're the victor. Guess what? He's not. He's a liar. And he's trying to get you to take that bait and get over there and play the victim when the whole time you are always given the victory 
in every situation, in every circumstance, but you got to see yourself that way. God can't make you do it. If he could, he would. But that's why he's given you and me his word that never, ever changes. The circumstance, there is no circumstance that will ever come that will change this word. But every circumstance that you encounter, you can take this word and you can change the circumstance. Right? That's so important. And that's why we don't... uh, we don't allow our circumstances to run our life. I mean, yeah, we face them, and we, but we overcome them. And we'll see that. See, Paul again points to the fact that this victory is a result of us being in Christ. And that was the biggest revelation that changed my life early on coming to this church. When Pastor Steele and Pastor Michelle ingrained it into my spirit, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Who you are in Christ. I mean, everything that you have that you've obtained in Christ cannot be taken away from you. Unless we lay it down, unless we willingly give it up. But it's been given to you and me for the operation of faith. But you have to believe who you are in Christ by faith. You have to take it by faith, right? You see it and you hear it, but don't just be a hearer of the word about who you are in Christ. Be a doer. Act on it. I mean, there are, there are times I had to just step out in faith and say, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to overcome this, whatever, whatever issue, uh, whatever circumstance. I'm going to overcome this based on who I am in Christ, based on what the Word says, based on who He says I am, not on what the circumstance is trying to tell me. And that, my friend, I didn't realize it at the time, but my family, that was me insisting on victory. Because I just, I took the Word, I stood on the Word, I took a step of faith on the Word. That's insisting on victory. That's enforcing what's already been given to us, okay? And as much, because a lot of my problem in the past was just passivity, you know? Eh, we'll see if it happens. If it happens, great, it must be God's will. If not, then eh, probably wasn't his will. It doesn't work that way. And again, that, that passiveness, the enemy, at least on me, really could get and manipulate that and really get me in a place of non-resistance, when the Bible clearly states, resist him and he will flee. Well, if you resist him and he flees, guess what if you don't resist him? He's going to keep talking. So it's a choice. It's a choice. In Christ, we are always partakers of his victory. That's so important. It's his victory, but we get to be partakers of it. And we saw this earlier because you're a joint heir. (laughs) Every victory that he's obtained You're a joint heir of that victory. Do you see that? So you are always an overcomer. You are never the victim. You are never just, the Bible says that you are the head, not the tail. Based on who you are in Christ. And I'll probably drill that and drill that, but it's, if we don't get that, if we don't get who we are in Christ, then at least from my standpoint, 
That's, the, that's one of the major building blocks of the spiritual walk. I got to know who I am. Because then, once I know who I am, now you can't stop me. And once you know who you are, nothing can stand in your way. Amen. Nothing. That's why you can continue to push forward because of who you are in Christ. That's why this ministry will continue to push forward. That's because of who we are in Christ. Jesus is at the center of this ministry, correct? The center of this body. It's all about him. And when we recognize that and we do what he wants, now we're moving forward, right? And we're insisting that it go that way. We're, we're, we're enforcing what he said from his word. But let's go. Well, let's stay right there for a second. We are supposed to be known as believers, and we see it from these verses. We are to make known the sweet smell of Jesus' triumph everywhere we go. And, you know, many of you have probably realized that sometimes your best witness is by not saying anything at all. Right. <laughs> amen. Somebody say amen. <laughs> yes. Now, not all the time, but most of the time, just your presence being there and letting his light shine out of you yeah. speaks volumes yeah. to people. That is, to me, that's that sweet aroma of Jesus coming out of us, right? Impacting the situation. You're the believer. You're, sometimes you're the only believer in that circumstance. And there are times when you are going to need to make a stand and you are going to need to say things. But by and large, in my experience, just being there and allowing the light to shine is oftentimes more than enough. Because there's been situations where uh, before I worked in, in the ministry, just uh, being at, at the job that I was at, I wouldn't say anything. They knew where I stood. Uh, they, they did know that. They, they knew that I was a man of faith. But it would be amazing that the, the people that would come up and say, hey, you know, I'm having this going on. Can you, can you pray with me? Can you help me? Can you, can you do this? Can you do that? Absolutely. I can pray with you. They, it, they knew where to go when they had a problem. But it wasn't because I stood there and beat them over the head with the Bible and condemned them and told them what they were doing was wrong. They knew what they were doing was wrong. They were being convicted, right? So you let your light shine. You let the aroma of Jesus emanate from you. Amen? That's what we're called to do. And we see that from that verse. So by faith, we can appropriate the spoils of his triumph. You ever heard the, the saying, to the victor goes the spoils? Yeah. That's what that means. You're a victor, and you get the spoils of his triumph. That's another reason why it's so dangerous to play the victim. To the victim goes no spoils, right? Don't, don't play that victim card. Don't do it. Even though this victory is ours, we have to insist on walking in it. We are called to enforce God's will in the earth. This is the danger of the phrase, well, Lord, if it's your will. That's not enforcing anything. 
That's that passivity that I talked about earlier. Well, God, if it's your will, it'll come to pass. If not, it won't. Well, guess what? What we don't insist on can't be ours on a regular basis. Take healing, for for example. Well, Lord, if it be your will, heal my body. That prayer can't be answered because it's already shown clearly from his word over and over and over and over that it's his will to heal us, right? So if I'm going to him and approaching him with the Lord, if it's your will, it'll happen. And if not, it must not have been your will. Well, I'm not enforcing anything. I'm just leaving it up to chance. That's not insisting on victory. Does that make sense? And I know that can be very elementary, but there's times when we're, we're pushing into things and, and, and circumstances come up, we have to be honest. Faith is so honest. And you've got to be honest with yourself. Am I pushing as hard as I possibly can into this area? Am I insisting on victory as much as I know I need to be? Or am I just kind of taking this lackadaisical approach? And again, only you know, only I know. But faith is honest. And if I'm pushing and I'm doing everything I know to do, and I'm enforcing what Jesus has already won for me, then it's only a matter of time. Don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated. Stay in that stance and in that position of the victor. It's going to happen. In many cases, in every case, for faith, faith is now. And I think a lot of times, I'll just use me as an example, I tend to want to try to put things off to the future that faith has already said is now. Amen. Take, for example, again, healing is always a good one, so that's what we're going to use. Use healing. Well, I'll be healed when I feel better. That'll be the, that'll be the evidence of my healing. When the Bible states that you are already healed, by the stripes of Jesus, you are already healed. That's where faith is now. Not putting off, well, someday I'll be healed. No, faith says right now. So what can you do, what can I do to step to enforce what, what I'm seeing from the word? Do you see that? What can you do? You've got pain in your body. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a bad doctor's report. Um, but yet... You're saying that you're healed. And then you've got people coming up to you and they say, well, I know good and well you're not healed. No, hold on. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. You're not seeing it the way I'm seeing it because I'm seeing it the way God sees it. Amen. Right? Amen. So how can you step into that? It's going to take another level. I say another level of faith. You're going to have to build Yourself, Because faith grows, right? You can grow your faith. You don't want it to stay at this same level, but you've got to insist that it grows. You're going to have to do something different maybe than you've ever done before. Maybe it's simply looking at yourself differently. Maybe it's seeing yourself doing something that you couldn't do before. Because if, if you can see yourself, and I'll, I'll use Carrie as an example. 
she had that pump attached to her body. But when she had the pump attached to her body, she saw herself without the pump because of what she saw from the word. So she built that image on the inside of her. Maybe you have to do that. But you've got to allow the word to build that image because it could have been and would have been very easy to say, I'll, I'll call myself pump free when I don't have the pump attached to me anymore. That's not faith. Faith called the end from the beginning. Faith called, it, called herself pump free even while she walked with the pump attached to her. Amen. And that wasn't denial. She was never in denial. She never denied the fact that she had the pump. And it wasn't foolish because she had built her faith to a level to believe that she was healed. And so then she was insisting that that come to pass. Does that, are you seeing the picture? So what can you do? I don't know what circumstance you might be facing, but how can you see it? How can you see it differently? You've got, to, uh, you've got to allow the word to build the image on the inside of you of who you are in Christ, and then you insist on that. And you insist on that coming to pass even in the face of the circumstance that you're going through. Keep going. Don't allow that circumstance to grab you and hold you and put you in a place of, of non-resistance to chain you, to bind you, Look, you have been made free. You are redeemed. We are redeemed. We are free from all that mess. Don't allow the enemy to come and lock you up with chains that aren't even there. Okay? Because they're self-imposed. Now, yes, the enemy's behind it, but if I don't give him the opportunity, he can't lock me up. But it's up to us to enforce what's already ours. Look at 1 John 4 4. And we've roundabout referenced this a couple times already. 1 John 4 4 says this You are of God. I mean, we could stop right there and shout. I mean, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The we says this, as for you, out of God you are, little born ones. And you have gained a complete victory over them and are still victors. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So through Christ, through Christ, we have gained a complete victory but it didn't stop there. We're still victorious. Amen? Insist on walking in this complete victory. Not if, but when struggle comes, when failure wants to come knocking on our door, we've got to stand up. We've got to stand up and insist on this complete victory. Look, I was under the the misconception by my own head, not by anything I was taught, but by my own head, that a life of faith was going to be a life of no struggle, no pressure, no nothing, just ease. Wrong. That's why you've been given faith, to overcome all that mess. I didn't realize that. 
So whenever a struggle would come, whenever a fight, if you want to call it that, or a circumstance would come, immediately the enemy would start working on my brain and telling me, you did something wrong. You messed up. If you were in faith, this would have never happened. Chapter and verse. You can't. Just because a sickness might try to come on your body doesn't mean necessarily you did anything wrong. Do we or do we not live in a cursed earth? Is there a devil loose? That's why we've been given faith. Amen? To overcome all that mess. So if you're going through something, don't get under condemnation. Don't think your faith isn't working. Right? Because that's all a lie to get, to get us to back off. And I've, I've fallen prey to that too many times to mention, but I don't have to anymore. Because once the light came and I saw, I was, I was just ignorant. I didn't have any light, but now I've got light. And now I know. I know his schemes. And I know what he wants to try to do. It's not going to work anymore. I overcome. So do you. You overcome. Look at 1 John 5. Start in verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Meaning they're not hard. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is He that overcomes the world? but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now the Weist says it this way, His commandments are not burdensome because everything that has been born of God is constantly coming off victorious over the world. And this is the victory that has come off victorious over the world, our faith. Who is he who is constantly coming off victorious over the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we see that phrase that was used over and over. We are constantly coming off victorious over the world. But that's how we have to see ourselves. Constantly overcoming. Constantly overcoming. Not just once, not just twice, but every circumstance. You overcome. You overcome everything that's thrown your way. You overcome. Because of who you are in Christ and the faith of God that's been given to you because of your position in Christ. And the position that we have, we have so much authority. Are we acting on it? Again, faith is honest. (laughs) Only only I know how much I'm enacting the the authority that I've been given. You know, man, this church has taken all excuse away from me. I say this church, it's the word, but the word that was taught in this church has taken all excuse, all uh, wavering, all victim. Man, because I like to play the victim card as, as, as much as anybody else. This stripped all that away. I don't have that card to play. Because in Christ, I have no victim card. Amen? Because I'm constantly coming off victorious, and so are you. But we have to insist on it. You know, we see there that we're born of God, and, and we've used this example numerous times. This, plexi, this, this pulpit is of plexiglass, right? This table is of wood. You are of God. Your DNA, your spiritual DNA is of 
Him. You are of God. That's what you're born of. That means a life of victory has been pre-planned for us. Why? Because we're born of God. That means victory's in our DNA. But you have to rehearse that. I mean, when, when, when the enemy's throwing everything he has at you, and, and look, at least for me, he's always wanting to try to attack my, my right standing, attack my, my in Christness, right? Same, anybody else? That's what he's coming after? Well, do you think it might have something to do with he's attacking the very DNA of who we are? He's coming against who... who and, and we know that we're of God, but he still comes to see if we'll take the bait and see if we'll agree with him. But you're of God. Yes. Victory is yours based on you being born again, yes. of where you're from, okay? Amen. Let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8 is going to build our faith to, to understand that whatever we're going through doesn't matter. Meaning, yes, it's real, and yes, the pressure's real, and you, you know, you might even be able to physically feel that pressure, but guess what? You've got the answer. Romans 8, verse 35 says this Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Do you see that? That word tribulation just means trouble. There's nobody in here that can say that you've never faced trouble or you're not facing it right now. That's fine. No condemnation, okay? That word distress just means narrowness. Pressure. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. Paul is saying in all of these things, we are not like sheep going to the slaughter. Why? Because we're more than conquerors. And, and that's how we have to see ourselves. Louise says, but in these things, all of them, we are coming off constantly with more than the victory through the one who loved us. The literal meaning of more than conquerors is we are super victors. You are a super victor. You're not a super victim. You're a super victor, hyper victorious, super conqueror. I mean, that's how you got to see yourself because that's how he sees you. That's how he sees you. So it, it's foreign, I believe, to our father to see us moping around, wondering how we're going to get through, th- through this thing, how we're going to overcome this thing. When he sees you and me as hyper-victorious, super-conquerors. So if he sees it that way, I got to see it that way. So, matter, so no matter what comes, no matter the report, no matter the red number, no matter the phone call in the middle of the night, right? No matter. You and I, we must insist on victory. Okay. And let me remind you, as we get ready to uh, receive communion, and and brothers, if you want to pass it out while I uh, go over this, let me remind you what God said. This is going to be a year 
of light and magnificent victory. But we got to enforce it. We got to insist on it. And we're not insisting on anything that God didn't already say. He said it's going to be a year of magnificent victory. Thank you, sir. And we will insist that it come to pass. Right? And finally, as they're passing this out, you don't need to go there. I'll read it. I want to touch on one more scripture before we get into communion. And I'm going to go to Ephesians 1. Because we're not blind. We have light. We have light. We don't have, again, it takes all excuses away. Ephesians 1 verse 15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Here we go. This is us. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Here you are again, far above. All principality, all power and might and ab and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, for which is his body, the fullness that fills all in all. Amen? Amen. Paul prayed that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened to, this, to see the position that they possessed. We need to see the position that we possess. We've been given the name. We've been given authority. Now we need to enforce it. Amen? And I believe that as we receive communion today, that we're going to enforce...